hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm a pastor here. I'm joined by John Bruce. He's a pastor here. We're related. I'm the son. He's the dad. Dad, how you doing? I'm, I couldn't be doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Niners beat, beat uh, Philadelphia, and Cal's going to a bowl game. They're going to a bowl game, yeah, really? All is right in the world, yes. Is it the uh, Chick, uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, Wingstop, uh, <laughs> AutoZone.com um, festivities bowl? What? Know, it might be. Okay. <laughs> it's the Independence Bowl. It's a bowl classic. <laughs> in, uh, I think it's in Louisiana. Okay, the Independence Bowl. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Texas Tech, so. Yeah. Now I'm just still basking in the glory of uh, of Sunday. It was I know. Just a, it was just a good day, very, very enjoyable day. And uh, you know, right as the Warriors start to get bad, the the Niners are resurgent. And uh, you know, a lot in common between those teams, Dad. Very high ceilings for both. They just got to stay healthy and stay disciplined. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's it. They've got to yeah stay in discipline, stay in focus from game to game. And it's a lot harder for the Warriors because they've got a lot more games to stay focused on. And um, so we'll see what happens. And, Dad, the reason I bring that up is because that's the situation of our listeners. High ceiling. <laughs> Just got to get healthy, stay disciplined. That's why we have this podcast. That's right. Yeah. All right. I know. That was dumb. But we'll keep going now uh, with our series, Smart People, What Proverbs Teaches About Building Habits. Proverbs is the wisdom book in the Bible. Biblical wisdom is all about skill in living. It's about small daily decisions that we make. And so Proverbs is a great book to look at if we want to talk about habits, because it shows us uh, the vision of a wise life and then the small daily decisions, the habits we need to make to get there. So we've looked at a number of these habits uh, that Proverbs would commend to us. And over these next two weeks, I guess last week and this week, we're talking about reputation. Right. So we talked a little bit about reputation last week and that smart people worry about their, well, they don't worry. They're concerned about their reputation. Right. They care about having a good reputation. They want to build a good reputation. So we had our first uh, foray into that topic last week. We're going to continue that discussion today. So, Dad, where do you want to start? Well, I think uh, we started with Proverbs 25 because really the whole the whole chapter is about reputation. So it's one of those rare chapters in Proverbs where you can see everything around one theme, and that's why it's so valuable. And so we last time we talked about uh, seeking excellence rather than fame and uh, handling controversy constructively as two kind of major themes in uh, the first 14 verses. And so I thought we'd just pick up with verse 15 and go from there and see what the rest of this proverb uh, teaches about. I did notice that the final verse, verse uh, 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 28, uh, uh, yeah, is the final verse? It is. Yeah, it says, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man has no control over his spirit. And I think that's a great summary mm-hmm. of this whole proverb. Um in Solomon's day, a city without walls was a city without honor because it was vulnerable to every robber baron and tin-horned dictator and camel jockey that came through. And he says in the same way, a man who has no control over his spirit, has no discipline, cannot control himself, um, will be the same way. So um, 
Proverbs 25 really says your reputation reflects what's happening inside of you, uh, making wise choices. And so continue to look at what are some of those wise choices that we can make and what areas we need to control, things like that. Hmm. So verse 15, by forbearance, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue breaks the bone. What do you see here in terms of reputation? Well, I think it's connected to influence, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And the way that we influence people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you win more bees with honey exactly. uh, is sort of the idea. But that um, the words that, that people only hear what, uh, you know, are, are selective in their hearing. And uh, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Exactly. And if you want to have credibility with people, you have to be under control. Yes. Yes, I think that's it exactly. That that word forbearance is literally length of anger, hmm. having a long fuse, being slow to anger. And I think it's just the opposite of, of what we think is that when we want to persuade somebody, we want to come in with guns blazing, all of our arguments marshaled, and uh, go for the quick win there. And and Solomon says just the opposite. The, the most perva- persuasive people take their time, listen patiently, uh, speak softly and calmly, um, and uh, because the soft tongue, tongue breaks the bone, uh, soft tongue is going to be a self-control tongue. Is the most powerful tongue, um, as as Proverbs sixteen twenty one says, sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. It's an interesting dynamic because you think about what we're often drawn to in terms of listening habits and. There's a whole genre of people who just get angry to talk about things, right? Yes. Being angry on the radio or angry yeah. on podcasts. Yeah. But inevitably, you think about, well, who actually listens to that? Yeah. Well, it's people who are angry about the same thing. Exactly. And it, it's almost a vent for their own frustration, and this person is just a mouthpiece for the things they already think. Yeah. Um, so if you want to preach to the choir, anger is really effective. Yeah, yeah. If you want to engage someone you disagree at, Anger is one of your greatest enemies. Absolutely, yeah. Um, be, because it will hijack your ability to think clearly, to be calm, and to actually achieve the end that you're hoping to achieve. Yeah. You can intimidate people with anger, mm-hmm. but you can't persuade them. Yeah. It's, it's the old, he was persuaded against his will, is of the same opinion still. Yeah. And uh, some people will back down and they'll act like they agree with you. But then when they go away, they, they haven't changed at all. So I think what Solomon is saying here, if you want to be persuasive, be patient, be rational, be, uh, uh, be self-controlled. One of the points that, that Greg often makes, and it's a convicting one to me because I'm a parent, is that anger is effective at driving kids to the right thing, but it will not draw kids to the right thing. And so if your, your operating principle as a parent is to use anger or harshness to get your kids to do things, they will obey, Yeah, but they won't be drawn to the right thing. Right. They won't be persuaded, and ultimately it creates a rebel. Right. B- because they were always driven yes. and never drawn yes. to the right thing. Yeah. And I think that's an important principle in parenting. But of course, you can apply it to any other relationship, where if you're, you're, your operating principle is just to use anger to get people to do what you want, they, they, as you said, they don't actually want the right thing. They just want to appease you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So one thing we learn about reputation here is control your mouth, control your communication, control your anger. Um, a second one is Proverbs twenty five sixteen. Have you found honey? Eat only what you need, 
lest you have it in excess and vomit it. And I think what Solomon's saying here is control your appetites. Yeah. Um, in our, we can't imagine a, a world without sugar, but that was the world they lived in, and so honey was a real treat. Yeah. And and Solomon says that's great. Eat it. God created it to be enjoyed. Just moderate yourself because too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's challenging to apply that principle across the board um, because you think about the amount of leisure time humans have now yeah. as opposed to previous generations. It's 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 almost it's unimaginable to previous generations how much downtime there is now for so many people or how much time could be devoted to technology. Yeah. And, and a challenging question would be like, that's a, you know, what's your mental diet, not just your physical diet? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We often think about this in terms of what we eat and substances we take in and moderating alcohol usage and sugar usage. And that's all great. You know, you've got to learn to say no, but like how much time should you spend every day looking at trivial things? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and not to say that all those things are terrible. It's just, you know, is it, is it three hours a day? Is that, is that going to be your, yeah. your upper limit or is it going to be 15 minutes? Yes. Um, yes. And, and I think that's a, it's, it's, it's harrowing because, or it's challenging because then you actually have to decide. You're realizing I'm making a decision here. Right. So. Right. Now, as Paul says, all things are lawful, but I will not be controlled by anything. And I, I think this is one of those examples where everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected, um, but let everything be done in moderation. Right. That's the idea here. Yep. So if, uh, uh, if, if you want honor and influence, then you're going to have to control your appetites because any appetite, no matter how harmless it seems, can ruin you if, uh, if done to excess. I just think of my watching Cal. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of years there. I wasted a lot of time getting so emotionally upset whenever Cal got beat, which was most of the time. And then, and it would distract me (laughs) from other things I should be concerned about. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how does that relate to reputation or credibility? I I guess, is it just that it's hard to have credibility with people if you haven't made the sacrifices in an area that, that you would counsel other people to make? I mean, is that kind of the, yeah, the I tie-in? So. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And it, it, it kind of comes out clear, clear, more clearly in this, the next one. Remember, a man, uh, like a city broken into without walls, yeah. is a man with no control over his spirit. Mm-hmm. So anytime something else is controlling me, mm-hmm. I, am, I am lessening my influence yeah. on people. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of it this way. Who... Who, who am I? I? I was famous, I was wealthy, I was very influential, and then I was discovered having an affair, and I lost everything. Yeah. Who am I? Uh, you are many CEOs. Exactly. I could be all kinds of people. That's a, <laughs> and pastors. A, yes, and, uh, it's a yeah. common, common right. story yep. where people sacrifice everything they've, they've worked for yep. um, for, one, for one indulgence. Yeah, so the idea. Next verse is kind of along that same line. Um, Let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. And uh, what's what's being controlled there, or not being controlled? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know what I think of is people who have nothing better to do. 
That's that. That's more what it is. Yes. They, so they're just around. Yes. And it's like they they don't have a, a responsibility, so they'll just come and be with you, and you might enjoy being with them. But it's it's like I I if I'm trying to get something else done or something like that, this is not a good time for me to, to exactly. Be with you. So it's sort of it seems kind of like the the meddler busybody kind of uh, yeah you know person who doesn't doesn't really appreciate other people's responsibilities or commitments. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's a person who has nothing to do and decides to do it at your house. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, yeah, and so people who can't control their time yeah, will not be respected. That's the principle, right. You know, so that's the idea there. Yeah. Um, here's another one, Proverbs 25, 18, like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow, which were the weapons of war in yeah. Solomon's time, is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Hmm. So bearing false witness is lying in court, but right. there's other ways we we um, speak against people, lie about people, hurt people um, by what we say, yep. by spreading rumors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think if you if you try to create narratives around other people, that's that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's a it's a control move in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, a person's character will become evident. Yes. <laughs> and and you don't always need to point that out to other people. Yeah, they they can figure it out if they're a, if they're a wise person just by being around them. Yeah, and and, and so it's it, you know it's it's dishonoring to you ultimately to dishonor other people exactly like that exactly um, yeah yeah. So I think be careful about uh, talking about people behind their backs. Yep, because it will always come back and bite you. Yeah, that's called middle school. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, As a parent, I'm living through that again right now. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Proverbs 25, 19, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot. If you've ever had a bad tooth you've bit down on or a, or a sprained ankle, you know what he's talking about. Um, is confidence in a faithless man in time of trouble. Oof. So I think what he's saying there is keep your promises. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think our listeners can all think of the person who they're expected to be somewhere, asked to be somewhere at a certain time, but you have this this chronic anxiety in the back of your head that they are the person who will call last minute and cancel. Right. Um, just that they they are always enthusiastic on the front end. Yeah. And 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 often fail to execute. Yeah. Uh, when it comes time to do it. Yeah. And I think Solomon's saying, don't be that person. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be that person, because it hurts other people. Yeah. They're putting your their weight on you. They're, exactly. They're expecting something from you, and then it hurts them Yeah. when when you fail to, to, to come through on your promise. Exactly. As bad as if you had a bad tooth. Right. Or a broken ankle. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the biblical principle of swearing to your own hurt is yes. very important there. To oh, say, so much. Uh, that, that one's always convicting to me that yeah. if I agreed to do it, if I said I'm going to do it, um, in almost every circumstance... You do it. Unless there really is a true emergency, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. And uh, you got to go through with it, even if it's not optimal. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's really hard for people in our culture sometimes to get because we want to optimize everything in life and make everything optimal. But, it's, and uh, it's all about our plan. And it's all about our plan. Our plan is the most important, so... right. Yeah, exactly. I think I think a key principle there to go along with that is what Jesus says when he says, "Let your yes be yes and your no be no." Yeah. And and the, the 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 thing for me is to say, 
just don't agree to things quickly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Can I think about that? Yeah. Can I actually, you know, because I think there's a pressure in the moment to be enthusiastic about something, to agree to something, just because you want to be nice to people. Yeah, yeah. But it so often backfires on us yeah. because then we agree to things and go, oh man, I, there's no way I can follow yeah. through on that. Yeah. That's not realistic at all. Yeah. And uh, and so you got to learn to love people. You got to learn to say no. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And that's a hard lesson to learn. It is. It is. And yet, it's the people who say no honestly are going to be far more respected. Yeah. Than the people who say yes and then don't follow through. Yep. That's the idea. Um. What do you think about this one? 2520, like one who takes off a garment on a cold day or like vinegar on soda is he who sings songs to a troubled heart. Hmm. What's, what, what do you see there? Uh, I think it goes back to influence. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the idea that some people, they, they cannot grasp where another person is at. Yeah. 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 And 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 so they uh, they approach them in a way that is not effective and inappropriate given what they're going through. It's kind of the opposite of rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Exactly, just the opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so don't ignore people's feelings. People's feelings are important. Is the idea here? And I, I think it's challenging for people who are kind of chronic optimists and naturally joyful people and. I, I tend toward that as well to to really because because often it's not communicated through words it's body language it's seeing their countenance it's seeing how they carry themselves to realize where are they right now yeah yeah and then trying to mirror that as much as I can in the way that I mm-hmm. talk to them and it's not that I I need to be their great comforter or whatever it's just it's just being um, like Jesus, uh, accommodating us where we are, yeah. being accessible to us. Yeah. That's that's the principle there. And you cannot influence people yeah. without that sort of sensitivity yeah. to, to to just their mindset and where they're at. Yeah. And, and that'll dictate whether they're ready to hear certain things or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, timing is a is a big deal in Proverbs. About Very when, big. You yeah. know, it's not just what you say, but when you say it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you, which is even a better deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think what he's saying there is if you want to be honored, treat people better than they treat you. Yep. You know, it's uh, it, our culture is just so much payback, payback, payback. Don't let people get away with anything. Yeah, it's it's called toxic, Dad. There are just there are toxic people to get out yeah. of your life, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and somehow they have this big label on them, toxic, right? And yeah. You've got to remove the toxic people, right, because yeah. of yeah. of what they do to us. And uh, you know, Proverbs would just say there's lots of difficult people. Uh, you know, you don't have to be their best friend, but you do have to treat them with kindness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because how did Jesus treat you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's good. Um, the next three all basically say the same thing. Okay. Stay positive. Hmm. Um, Proverbs twenty five twenty three: the north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. You know, there's some people you can be around and, and you just get mad when you're around them because it's all negative. They're always complaining. Yeah. And verse 24, same thing. It's better to live in a corner of the roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Um, and then finally, verse 25, like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. 
So you could be the bringer of bad news or you could be the bringer of good news. Yeah. And people will respond accordingly. Yep. I was thinking about those particular verses and mm-hmm. that idea of contentiousness and complaining and why do people keep doing it again mm-hmm. and again and again. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's something almost empowering about, you know, thinking, oh, there are problems that are so big that I can't solve and I'm just going to keep talking about them. Yeah, yeah. And I think the challenging thing is to ask, you know, is it that these things I'm complaining about Am I just complaining rather than grieving them, which is harder to do? Or is it I'm just not willing to do the painful thing to deal with it? It's just like, here's an option that'll be painful, or here's an option that'll be painful, but those are my only options for how to deal with it. And it's about trade-offs, which is the better decision. And and to just be honest with yourself, and is it just that really I'm unwilling to make a decision, even though the decisions to make are clear? Yeah. Because there's no perfect solutions in life. There's just trade-offs. Yeah. And I can't think of a good example off the top of my head. I'm, you know, maybe you can because you're less, you're, you're better at illustrating things than I am. But but I, you see what I'm saying? That 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 you don't want to be the person who's just complaining about their life all the time. Um, it, it's better to mourn over things in your life, which is harder to do. Yeah. Or to talk about, well, here's what I could do, this or this, and here's why I'm struggling. Right. You know, it could be this, and it'd be that would be hard, or it could be this, and it would be hard. But uh, yeah. that's a much more fruitful way to talk. Yes. Um, I think part of it is is by complaining, you absolve yourself of responsibility for the situation. Yep. And I remember when I was uh, working at another church, I I I would often get together with other guys, and we would just complain about things that were happening at the church. And uh, all the stuff. And, and I think it was we basically in our minds were saying, well, I'm glad we're not like them. Yeah. I'm glad we're not compromising the gospel. Or I'm glad we're not uh, worried just about our own, whatever it was, Ra- rather than really say, well, how can we solve this? Yep. How can we fix this? How can we? Or what am I responsible to do and yes. how am I contributing exactly. to the sort of emotional climate of this system? Yeah. And then what do I have to do to, to, to make it better? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've been, I've been really convicted. I've been, <laughs> it goes along with, uh, I've been reading Failure of Nerve, which is an old mm-hmm. leadership book, and I'm finally getting around to reading it. But basically, the, Edmund Friedman, he was an interesting dude, but one of his big points is that leadership isn't about technique, it's about presence. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about being a non-anxious presence mm-hmm. and a non-reactive presence. <laughs> And being a, a differentiated enough and defined leader in terms of your convictions that you will take responsibility for things without instantly reacting to what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot to that, but I, I think it's important to say that any any culture, whether team we're on, we're always contributing to the emotion, what he calls the emotional system yeah. of what it is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if it's one of complaining all the time uh, because there's unsolvable problems, yeah. uh, that will become paralysis. Yeah. Versus well, here are the options we have <laughs> about how to deal with this. Yeah. And is it that we just don't want to do the hard thing because the cost is too high? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if, if one person is the common denominator in all these problems, well, that, do we fire them? Well, we can't do that. Okay, then we work with them. Well, we can't do that. Oh, do we? Well, no, it's like, no, it's trade-offs. And then you have to decide, you know, and, and again, it's absolving yourself of the responsibility of thinking through the hard decisions and the fact that you are participating in that emotional system. Yeah, you're part of the system. Some, you're part of the system. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, and the culture, and and you are a a, a co-conspirator in creating this yeah. system. And I think, and and I, I I would point the fingers back at myself and thinking about how I lead. That often in my mind, anyway, I I, I go to that state of learned helplessness. Yeah. Of just rather than saying no, there are options. And then once I've decided to say no, I, it's a trade-off, and I'm gonna I'm willing to live with this issue and move forward with this, yeah. and then move forward and not complain. Does that make sense? That's, That's, great. That's I think great, especially yeah. if you're if you're a leader in an influential position, it's yeah. so important to think like that yeah. and not fall prey to learned helplessness, which yeah. is and learned helplessness is just I can't do anything about it, and I'm going to train myself to think that way exactly that I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I just before we move on to the next thing, I I'd like the contrast of verse twenty five like cold water to a weary soul. So is good news from a distant land. Yeah. And you just think about, oh, times you, you kind of get come home from work and you're kind of down, you're tired, stuff like that. You open the door and, and your wife or your kids gives you unexpected good news. Yeah. Just, uh, I, Dad, I got into college. <laughs> or we just got a check. We didn't know we were going to get that. Or whatever that good news is and how it just kind of lifts you. Yeah. Um, and gives you all kinds of energy and completely changes your day just because that happened. And there are people that do that consistently. I just think of Kathy Greer. Kathy Greer was always uh, happy and and always had something. The bringer of good news. She was always the bringer of good news. It was just fun to be around her because she she always could find something to rejoice in. Yeah. And uh, so great contrast here between the, the, the bad news, good news people. Yeah, and and of all people, <laughs> yeah. gospel people like yeah. us, good news people who who think that we have the best news. Yeah, we should be the people who can see good news around us, Absolutely. and highlight it and point it out to other people yeah. to help shape their perspective. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just lately I've been really focusing on the goodness of God in the Bible, and just how much there is to rejoice in, just yeah. in life, yeah. and all the good things God does for us yeah. every day. You know, it's been great. Um, here's another one. Like a trampled spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Hmm. And and the, the picture there is you're crossing the desert, you're, you're low on water, you, you know there's a spring up ahead. And uh, you just can't wait to get out. You just almost taste that water when you get there. But when you get there, it has been trampled. There's been a herd of animals there mm-hmm. and left all the stuff, animals. The, the, it's just polluted. Mm-hmm. And he says that's the way a person feels when they look to somebody to stand firm on what they believe, and that person compromises yeah. and gives in, gives way. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, just... Holding on to your convictions, regardless of the cost, being being true to what you believe, yeah. is is very important. Yeah, and especially if if you have any sort of reputation that this is a Christian or this is someone with integrity or this is, uh, you know, I think I think one of the challenges is pre deciding how you're going to think or respond in yeah. situations yeah. before you get there. Yeah. So if I'm asked about this or I'm asked about that, yeah. you know, there's ways to respond with sensitivity and wisdom, but to say, I'm not, I'm not going to falsify my own convictions or preferences. That's good. Yeah. Even if it costs me. Yeah. And to decide beforehand that's the case. Yeah. And, and that's really key before you get into those conversations. Yes. Um, because that's how you will give way. Because yes. everyone thinks they have strong convictions until they're tested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to die with you, Master. 
Yeah, you can't. We see how that went. I'm ready, yeah, I'm ready to die with you. Yeah, exactly. Until a servant girl asks. Right, until, yeah, yeah. I've never met him, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, no, that that is a great cautionary tale. It is the cautionary tale yeah. about how we will give way yeah. um, in when our convictions are tested. Yes. And, and, and so as much as you can... Um, Prepare beforehand. Yeah, I think, and I think that's great, Jeff. I think that's a great lesson because these those are highly emotional situations. Our mind kind of goes blank, and unless we've thought beforehand in a calmer situation, what do I really think about this? How would I answer this yeah. in a reasonable and yet true to scripture way? Yeah, the likelihood of uh, you know sometimes the spirit of God just uses you and gives you things you had never thought about before. But I think our responsibility is to prepare and uh, to be ready for those situations so the Spirit can use those things. Uh, so that's a great point. Yeah, I think, I think they go together. Yeah. I, I yeah. do. And so the reason that the Spirit will give us, bring, <laughs> he will bring words to remembrance. Yes, you had to be, know them first. You got to know the words, <laughs> right, and, and uh, be, before, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's good. good. Last verse. Um, and this is a lesson we've talked about before, but we'll talk about it again, is avoid self-promotion. Hmm. He says, at verse 27, it's not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory to search out one's own glory. Hmm. And uh, it, is, it is never a good idea to call attention to yourself and to what you're doing and what you're suffering and what, you know, just to say things so you can be, in, people will think better of you. Yeah. Yep. It's not glory to seek out one's own glory, as as uh, I think Proverbs says in another place. It's yeah, better be told, <laughs> come up here, you know, to be yeah. promoted than to than to promote yourself, to exactly. put yourself forward, and yeah, yeah, that's uh, and you know, it reminds me of the Dunning Kruger effect, you know, that they studied, where there's a inverse relationship between confidence and competence. Oh. You, know, you heard this right, so that people who are incompetent at something tend to have the most confidence about oh, it. People it's who so true. people who lack confidence tend to have the most competence yes. about it. And, yes. uh, and it's because the competent people they realize how much they don't know about the area. Exactly. And the incompetent people have no idea how much there is to know, right? Yeah. And so they assume they know everything. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so it's just a great cautionary tale for us of just not going into expert mode, not promoting ourselves too much. Uh, realize there's 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 far more that we don't know about this thing yeah. than there's that we know. There's far less that we've accomplished in this thing that we realize. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, there's uh, there's very little that can come from trying to promote yourself like that. You oh, know, uh, so true. And uh, and there's much cost. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it goes back to credibility. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you want to be honest about you know who you are and what you bring to the table, and uh, and overselling yourself never works. No. In any situation. No, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I, I always think of, of two words when I think about that, American Idol. Yeah. Because... <laughs> With the Dunning-Kruger effect, yes. yeah, the, the inverse relationship, <laughs> yeah, the, right? The people are the most... They're blindsided Shocked. when, when yeah. they're not picked. Yeah. But I'm I'm good. I'm so good. My and, mom's been telling me that for years. Yeah, <laughs> they're just awful. They're just awful, you know? And, and uh, Oh, anyway, that's beside the point, but... <laughs> Well, this is good. This is good. I hope I hope our listeners will see that having a good reputation is about self control. Yeah, and controlling the right things and and uh, controlling the bad things too. Right. Yeah. 
Well, thanks, Dad. Thank you. It's good. A lot about words here, and that's yeah. convicting because I've to listen back to a podcast then and go, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> time to grow with self-control again. But uh, <laughs> thanks, and thank you, listeners, for listening. And uh, you know, we'll be back soon, and we'll talk about something else. Not sure what, but uh, yeah, we'll be back at some point uh, in the near future. So thanks for listening, and talk to you again soon.